Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Bladed Apples, a horror podcast dropping your trick-or-treat bag every week. So far. <laughs> every week. I'm Rocky. I'm Blaze. And today we're going to space. Right? Right? Mm. Going <laughs> Not for most of it, no. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Hellraiser Bloodline, also known as Hellraiser 4 Bloodline from 1996. Also known as Pinhead in Space. Also known as Pinhead in Space. Thing is, uh, we don't spend a lot of time in space. Barely any, we'll, really. <laughs> we'll get to that. Um, this was the winner. Uh, well, uh, well, it wasn't the winner. Uh, this was the runner-up of, <laughs> of our, uh, Angel Heart and uh, yeah, our, our poll of what you want to hear next. Angel Heart of this, Angel Heart wants. We did that last week, but we're gonna give you the other one because a lot I of you swear voted to for God, this. if we get more listens on this one than last one, we're just gonna do the opposite of what the polls give us. <laughs> yeah, because the next one's gonna be a poll again. So we'll yeah, talk about. we'll talk about that later it. on. Yeah, that shit's our new shit. <laughs> yeah, it worked out pretty well. Yeah, uh, it gave us a little bit of programming. But we'll be talking about Hellraiser 4 today. But we'll get to a little bit along with the video game, along with the spooky tell, along with uh, some funny banter. You know, we're just we're just a couple of funny guys. Yeah, we like bantering yeah, about. We are just... <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we are just... We, we are the owners of the Chuckle Hut. I mean, it's just... We are so fucking funny. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but anyways, before all that, what's been going on, man? Not much. Hopefully getting out of the old LV soon. Crossing fingers. You mean Louis Vuitton? Yeah. Um, other than that, finished Stranger Things so far. Oh, uh, yeah. You're uh, the first part of the season. The second part comes on July 1st. So I don't care. <laughs> so what was, I don't really care. I had to watch any of it because I've been watching back-to-back episodes of better call Saul yeah I, I need to fill up a hole in my it's life it's a much better show <laughs> I need to I, I can agree with that I need to fill fill the hole in my life after the Johnny Depp trial ended it's <laughs> 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 something I could just continuously watch so I started watching better call Saul and it's been kind of impeding into my film watching and other series and stuff like that but I'm trying just I listen I don't see how people I'm just never been one of these guys that can just marathon an entire show a series no, like you're like no. i marathon eighth season of the show like i'm halfway through the fourth season better call saw i'm like i need to start watching something else i'm gonna go fucking nuts yeah. not because it's a bad show just because like any show i just i can't do i need it. a break yeah. i need a break from it. people are like i watched this whole show in like a week i'm like did you did you like connect to anything did you grasp on anything that was said anything that was happening probably not <laughs> yeah but I have watched Stranger Things because of that, but what did you think of the rest of the season since you now have finished the part uh, one? One of those things where you're like, I really wish they didn't explain it, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned it to you, there's some things that ha- got explaining that really didn't need to be. Well, we're going to get into that with Hellraiser as well. Uh, what? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Um, yeah, I hate that also. Uh, Joe Bob was a fun one last night. Well, first of all, Stranger Things also. No, we say some congratulations to that show uh, for putting out this new artist, Kate Bush. Oh, yeah. Congratulations to this brand new up-and-comer, Kate Bush. (laughs) Uh, Number one 
on Spotify. Uh, fuck you, Olivia Rodrigo. <laughs> Here's a new girl in town. Her name is Kate Bush. Uh, I think her career is really going to go places. Oh, wait. <laughs> she yeah. already had a fucking career. <laughs> that nostalgia shit gets pretty old. Hey. Well, you know, I mean, but it's good. Hey, she, she's been she's been very cool. Um, I, I'm happy for her because actually the song is more popular now than it was whenever it came out. Like oh, I know. It's sad. Um, and she put out a statement being like, well, like you guys like reinvigorated my career or like, you know, gave me some new widespread acclaim. And I, I'm very appreciative of Stranger Things and uh, the fans and, and, you know, people that are 16 years old. Thank Listen, you. we were at that age. Listen, at, at 16 years old, I, I, I learned about most music through fucking Guitar Hero whenever I was a teenager. <laughs> you know, like that's whenever I started expanding mm. my musical taste. <laughs> so I get it. I get that at some point, something popular comes out and expands your musical taste. I don't and know. Then I you just kind of went down a LimeWire hole. <laughs> like I just... Well, LimeWire happened to me after Guitar Hero 1 and 2 came out. Oh. Well, right, well no, no. But before Guitar Hero 2, but... Around the same time as Guitar I never Hero 1. I liked Guitar Hero. I never got it. Yeah, because you're fucking lame. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I'm going to take my Capri Suns and go somewhere else. See you later, loser. I remember I'm like, well, I can play real guitar, and everyone's like, we don't care. Yeah, <laughs> unless you can hit fucking red, green, yellow, blue. It's like, uh, yeah, but you suck at this game we all like. So, <laughs> And I do. I really suck at that game. I love that game. I've been meaning to get a new setup of that, a rock band, so we can have like party nights. Where oh, Paige has been talking about getting it for it's her like, Wii. Yeah. Oh, do they have on? The, did they re-release on the Wii? Re-release it? Yeah. Or do they have some on the Wii? Oh, I guess they had like the later on ones. On the yeah, Wii. they no, they yeah. had all the Guitar Heroes on the Wii. They didn't have the first two. They didn't. Unless they did a remaster the they second might one. Might have remastered it. I don't yeah. Know. I don't really care. Um, yeah. Because <laughs> the next generation didn't come out until three. Yeah. Came out. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Uh, well, Stranger Things. Well, that is a strange thing, I guess. Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'll watch it and go. It's just like every other season. Okay. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's like it's same route of the Marvel movies. It's like, oh, you have a different character, but it's the same damn story. I mean, listen, there's nothing wrong with comfort food. No, I don't think so either. I'm just, I get tired of it. Yeah. Uh, But um, it has its audience. I just, like I've stated before, uh, and I think you're probably of the same mindset. Excuse me is um i just didn't go crazy for it like everybody else like i i enjoy it i think it's fine i just didn't go insane over it like i seem 90 percent of everybody else oh did. yeah it's it's not as like people lose their fucking minds over that show i mean bc rich even came out with a, a guitar specifically for the movie or the show and I won't lie, I want it. Like it looks sick, but <laughs> I wouldn't want it because it's in the show. They're I, like, you have to play it upside down. I'm like, oh, <laughs> that's the only way it works. Um, yeah, you're gonna say Joe Bob though before. Yeah, this was a uh, a big makeup for last weekend. Yeah, I missed last weekend, but we watched the new episode last night together, mm-hmm. and it was dysfunctional family week. And the last drive, well, we're talking about the last drive-in, of course, for anybody that doesn't know what the fuck we're talking about. The last drive-in with Joe Bob Briggs, Everyone horror movie host. If you're um, listening to this, you've you probably know who that Joe is, Bob so. Briggs, but just in case you don't, um, the last drive-in every Friday, double feature on Shutter. Um, he showed a dysfunctional family double feature, a butcher baker, mo- uh, nightmare maker, and the baby, and the baby, and both are pretty fucking twisted, 1970s drive-in 
exploitation films. Uh, we had both never seen the second one, though. Yeah, and I've heard of the baby. I can't. I keep on trying to remember who the fuck brought it up because I know I remember somebody talking about it, but I can't remember who brought it up before. Mm-hmm. So whenever they said, I'm like, oh, this is the movie about a full-grown man that's a baby or acts like a baby. I remember it being explained to me, but I didn't know what the fuck it was. Um, so we finally got to see it. It's good. Yeah, um, it is but good. But Butcher Baker, Nightmare Maker is uh, really good. I really, really like that one. So, yeah, it is. It's it was Stephen, Stephen King's favorite drive-in uh, exploitation film. Yep. One yeah. of it was, it, was his no, it, was, it was his number one. Oh, was on it list. number one? I thought he said it was number four. No. Number yeah. four, I thought number four was, I thought it went Evil Dead. I thought it went Evil Dead, uh, Texas Chainsaw, Zombie, and then Butcher Baker. Maybe. I don't know. Either way, it's on the top. It's top favorite ones. And it's very Stephen King-ish, actually. If you watch, you're like, oh, okay, this is kind of similar to maybe a Stephen King short story. Um, But yeah, it was a good episode. Anything else to add about it? No. No. <laughs> you just want to say it happened? No, I just want to say I'm, I'm, I'm happy it wasn't like last weekend. But they showed your favorite movie, mm, Hellbender. No. no. Well, we're talking about Hell Razor <laughs> Bloodline. Yeah, that's right. So, um, yeah. Let's see. What other news we got? The trailers. Uh, yeah, Netflix released a bunch of trailers, I guess, for the second half of the year. Uh, they're releasing, which is a lot of stuff that's coming out around the fall area. So a lot of horror themed stuff. Um, Midnight Club. We got a trailer for Midnight Club, which is the new project for Mike Flanagan. It's based off of some young adult book series. Looks Pro- fun. Probably in the vein of Fear Street or Goosebumps or something like that. Are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? Me, yeah. yeah. Um, and the trailer, I mean, all these trailers are also very short and to the point. They really don't give much. Um, which is good because I don't like big commercials for TV shows because they tend to ruin later on episodes. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, kind of like Stranger Things. <laughs> I bet, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Midnight Club looks good. It's Mike Flanagan, so I'm excited for it. Um, excuse me. We got a small teaser for Wednesday, which is Tim Burton's Wednesday Adams show. Mm. Tim Burton's finally getting a crack at the Adams family. I brought brought it up back on our Halloween episode or Halloween marathon episode whenever I put the Adams family on my, on my Halloween marathon that, uh, I mean, Oh my God. How, what do you think everyone's Halloween costume is going to be this year? Uh, <laughs> pinhead. Yeah. Okay. Cause of this episode. Yeah. Cause of this episode. <laughs> We're that popular. Yeah, I don't know. It's probably going to be the stranger things kids. What a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if they can pick that up on the mic or not. They can't. Uh, <laughs> there's a motorcycle outside but um tim burton was supposed to direct those 90s adams family films but he was busy with batman <laughs> he may be he may have been busy with your batman i know he was busy with batman returns for sure and that's why he didn't direct nightmare before christmas and he only produced and wrote it mm. and he was kind of like a ghost director of it but he was so busy with batman returns that he wasn't the official director of that film um, but I think it was he was also busy with Batman Returns whenever they were developing the Adams Family movies as well. But the screenwriters of those Raul Julia, Angelica Houston, Adams Family movies from the 90s 
had the same like screenwriters that collaborate with Tim Burton like on his previous films, like Huey's yeah. Big Adventure stuff. So he's finally getting a crack at when, uh, Adam's family through the show called Wednesday, which focused on Wednesday Adams. She's a little older. She's played by Jenna Ortega, who's turning into quite the scream queen now. This year, she's already in the new Scream. She was in X, which we both liked a lot. Yeah, and now she's Wednesday yeah, Adams in did. this one. Um, it also has Catherine Zeta-Jones as Morticia Adams, which I think is great casting, and Louis Guzman as Gomez, which is very interesting. Who plays Pugsley? They have, I don't think Pugsley's in it. I They, they haven't said any casting, because I, I think the rest of the family aren't the focus. I've only heard that Gomez, Morticia, Lurch are going to be in it. There hasn't been anything about Fester or Pugsley in it, because I think she went to she's off to some school or something oh, like that. It's okay. kind of focusing on her. Okay. And then the other family members kind of just like cameo appearance. But it looks like Thing may have a pretty prominent role because he's been he was in the pre teaser teaser trailer and he's in this little teaser. And it's pretty cool because he's all like stitched up, almost like Frankenstein's hand or something. Yeah. So he's got a pretty cool look about him. But I'm happy that Tim Burton's getting a chance to do an Adams Family project finally. Even before these last two Adams Family movies that were fucking terrible. Oh yeah, Tim Burton was supposed horrible. to do a claymation Adams Family movie in like the late 2000s, and that fell through. And then that project developed into those most recent Adams Family movies that came out. Um, what other trailers came out? Oh, Guillermo del Toro's new project, Cabinet of Curiosities. Yeah, Cabinet of Curiosities. You fucking rip! <laughs> you fucking rip! <laughs> We challenge you to the octagon, Guillermo. <laughs> we won't kill you like Zimmer, but <laughs> we're gonna beat we're you. We're gonna up. rough you up for stealing our shit, because nobody's ever used Cabinet of Curiosities before us. I can guarantee it. <laughs> I did not steal that off the top of my head. No, I just that randomly was a well it. thought out. We invented it. <laughs> See, the difference is ours first. Had, it's not Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. It's, it's Blaze's. Second of all, ours has video games in it. So Yeah, suck, suck it. <laughs> yeah, suck it, del Toro. What, what, what have you done with your career anyways? Produce some garbage. <laughs> Produce some garbage. Oh, oh, I got a Cammy Award for a movie whenever a woman fucks his fish monster. Ooh, Ooh good for you. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. No, I love Guillermo del Toro. Uh, I can't even. Which I love Guillermo del Toro, but he's got an anthology series called the uh, Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. It'll have episodes directed by Panos Cosmatos, who directed Mandy, uh, Jennifer Kent, who directed The Babadook. Um, has people starring it like Crispin Glover and Eric Andre, and uh, I don't know. I'm interested. I'm just seeing it. If Crispin Glover doesn't have like a skit where he just has to dance all the time, <laughs> I'm out. Where's the Karkscrow? <laughs> Where's the car? <laughs> um, and the other trailer we got is for Neil Gaiman. They're finally putting out the Sandman, a. They're yeah. finally putting on TV adaptation or an adaptation period of Sandman. Uh, I'm excited for it. If anybody has never read Sandman uh, by Neil Gaiman, it's one of the greatest comic book series that's ever been released. So you should definitely check it out. Um, it's been collected in a thousand different ways at this point, so they're pretty easy to get a hold of. Um, the trailer looks pretty good. Um, Neil Gaiman's been killing it in the TV world because I know that American Gods was super popular. Yeah, it was. And I know that Good Omens, is that what it's called? Yeah. Is uh, really popular as well. That's over, though. Yeah, but so so is American, American Gods. Gods. Yeah. But both those are based on books of his, and this is a new one based on a book or a comic series of his. So You know, I knew this guy, Neil Gaiman, fucked his way. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> 
<laughs> I totally forgot about that. He was not. Ah, uh, oh, you like Neil Gaiman, huh? <laughs> you want to tell that story? I mean, sure. I guess. Oh, you brought it up. Oh man, we went to a comic shop like in Orlando. That we usually frequent. And we aren't going to name it just because. We're not going to name it. We're going to embarrass the owner of this place. Even though Uh, he'll probably bring up the story. We go there all the time. And, uh, well, whenever we're in Orlando. And our buddy Chris, who one day will be on the show. Yeah, we're we're working, actually, speaking of which, on an episode where we're going to be talking about horror comics. Yeah. So this kind of ties in. And Chris will be the guest on that episode. Yes. Um. And Chris was buying, uh, he usually goes in and spends about $1.2 million <laughs> on comics every time we go to a comic store. Yes. Um, and I'm like, can I get this $2 issue? And can you guys buy me a beer? <laughs> <laughs> and can you lend me $2 to buy this comic? <laughs> can I gladly pay you Tuesday for a Michelob today? <laughs> um, um yeah, so he's going to check it out at the at the the the, the, the checkout, <laughs> the register. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's got all these Neil Gaiman like specialty books and like some like yeah, like collections. The guy's like, "Oh, Neil Gaiman, huh?" Yeah, uh, you know, uh, my wife used to date. So my wife had sex with Neil Gaiman. Before me. <laughs> he goes like, ah, okay. He just kept going. Yeah, he just kept talking about it. Like, I'm like, I'm in, it's a really weird, like, strange place you're in because it's like, I can't tell if he's gloating about it or complaining about he's it. He's probably into it. It's like, no game of like, my no wife. He's like, no fuck my wife. <laughs> my wife. My wife. You will never get this. <laughs> but, That's what she says to her husband. Yeah. No game and fuck me. You You're never, never going to get this. Yeah. I mean, uh, that seems like a serious downgrade, to be honest, though. <laughs> like, you go from one of the most famous comic authors on earth to the owner of a comic book shop. He's <laughs> like, you fuck Neil Gaiman. I just wish I fucked Neil Gaiman. No, I just, I, I, in my mind, I have sex with Neil Gaiman. <laughs> Yeah, so if you hear that, Neil, there is a fan in Orlando for you. Yeah, I mean, the whole time I was there listening to this story, I was just thinking to myself, standing there next to the counter, huh, so I guess Gaiman is his last name. (laughs) (laughs) I thought people were just calling him that. He is straight, okay. (laughs) That was, yeah, that was a very weird... It was so strange because, like, the story didn't just end. He just kept on, like, pushing it. And Chris yeah, was like, like okay. uh-huh, can I buy these? Can I leave, please? And you could tell Chris was very uncomfortable. Chris was like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> um. All right. <laughs> yeah, I got to go. <laughs> um, what else we got? Oh. Uh, wait, was that all for the trailers? Yeah, Sam, Sam Ellis looks good. People are pissed off because, I guess, um, they had the TV series Lucifer, which is in the, the comic. The original comic was a spinoff of Sandman. Right. And CW had a show called 
Lucifer that's based off the Lucifer comic If it's books. got CW in it, you can bet it's, it's not It's probably going to be bad. Um, so fans are angry because they recast Lucifer for the show. It's not, you know, in that one, it was like a guy, I guess. I never watched the show, but it's a dude. And people, I guess, thought liked him and stuff. So they actually, in, in the Sandman TV series, uh, Gwendolyn Christie from Game of Thrones will be playing Lucifer. And people are upset. It's like, a woman? A woman playing Lucifer? What's the problem? Yeah, I don't... Also, also in the comics, like, it's actually more comic book accurate because Lucifer in those comics doesn't be like Lucifer, you know, before. Lucifer was beautiful. Right. It had, like, you know, look almost like feminine-type features and stuff. It had long blonde hair and all that. So, I mean, I think it works. It's fine. Like, who gives a shit? Um, it's also no game in doing it, so let him just do what the fuck he wants. Um like your wife. Yeah, well, <laughs> fuck your wife. Be married to Amanda Palmer. I don't know. Um, what else? Uh, oh, uh, did you hear about the Scream news? About, yes. Uh, she's not. Uh, yes. She's going to be. What's her fucking name? Who, Nev Campbell? Nev, Nev Campbell is not going to be in the next Scream movie. Yes. Uh, they are already working on Scream 6. It's going to be coming out. Way sooner than less than a year from now. It's yeah. coming in March. Um, Campbell was already saying around the convention circuit that she's not coming back, but Courtney Cox and Hayden Pantier are coming back. Um, and of course, David Arquette will not be joining the <laughs> film. <laughs> so uh, Campbell, he's going to be busy being murdered by Nick Gage. But Nev ne- <laughs> Campbell, who of course is the star of this franchise is Laurie Strode of this franchise. She is Sydney Prescott. She is the main character in every movie. Yeah. Um, is not returning six films in. Um, she said, as a woman, I have had to work extremely hard in my career to establish my value, especially when it comes to scream. I felt the offer that was presented to me did not equate to the value I have brought to the franchise. I, yay, good for, um, it's been a very difficult decision to move on to all my scream fans. I love you. You've always been so incredibly supportive of me. I'm forever grateful to you. And to this franchise has given me over the past 25 years. Listen, that is a very professional way, uh, to back out. I, Respect the hell out of Neff Campbell. She's amazing. Uh, fuck the studios for just trying to lowball low ball her. Yeah. yeah. Good. It's like, hey, no, you, you're just going to do this because you've been doing it. Yeah. And it's like, no. <laughs> it's what people need to do more with most jobs. Like, oh, your job's not paying what you deserve. Get out. Get out. <laughs> fuck them. I mean, it, it's harder than it sounds. but well, yeah, definitely now. But, I mean, sometimes you can. Sometimes, sometimes you, can. you can. If you can... The do it. Loyalty means nothing to a company. Well, especially a corporation. Yeah. Does loyalty not mean shit to them. Trust us. We both so work for corporations. Move. And you're just a fucking you number. Get, you take care of yourself, not them. You <laughs> are a fucking number. You're going to replace. So. All right. Moving on. Value yourself. Like Nev Campbell. Like Nev Campbell. But Nev Campbell will not be returning. Uh, any other news? Nope. Anything else? Nope. All right. Trailer time! Let's go to the trailer. Centuries ago, a toy maker set out to build the perfect puzzle box. A gift that would bring enchantment to all who possessed it. He never dreamed that this simple toy was the key to the gates of hell. 
Do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? Now, centuries later, a scientist has unlocked its secret. And the battle for the future of mankind is about to be fought across the boundaries of time. Hellraiser Bloodline. Bloodline is the fourth Hellraiser film in the Hellraiser franchise and far from the last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Hellraiser is now, they're working on the 11th Hellraiser film, which is actually a reboot. Um, so there's been 10 films officially released so far. And they're also working on the TV series, which I'm more excited for. Yeah, honestly, like after a certain point, it's like the movies don't make the movie format doesn't make sense for a story. It, the, the movies stopped, need to stop after the second one, but we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. Um, this is the last one that Clive Barker had anything to do any with involvement in, uh, which is amazing that he did. Yes. But, uh, Clive Barker, of course, is novelist he wrote the original story um uh, uh the hellbent heart which hellraiser's been off uh been off jesus christ <laughs> is based off of uh and he of course uh directed the first film mm-hmm. directed the first film not knowing what he was doing and being very nervous he directed one of the greatest horror movies of all time i think that hellraiser one is a 10 out of 10 film even though i have problems with the last 15 minutes of it I, yeah, I mean, it is one of those movies. It's, I don't know. It's really weird how a lot of people. I, I I only see those like take it or leave it, and they give you a list of movies to kick off, and people are like, "Well, I'd rather have Child's Play instead of Hellraiser." I'm like, "You're a fucking idiot." Like, <laughs> I mean, I love Child's Play, but I'd rather Hellraiser, the first Hellraiser. Uh, and also, speaking of which, I hate when people say, "Oh, uh, Hellraiser slasher." No, it is not. <laughs> Whoever says that has never watched the first Hellraiser, because the first Hellraiser is totally the farthest thing from a slasher film. No, it's... Uh, I, like, I get it. It has an iconic character in it that doesn't make it a fucking slasher. Yeah, but, uh, that's that's what gets annoying, is that it's like, uh, well, I mean, this one, maybe. Maybe you Well, could... as, as the franchise went along, especially with the third film, it turned more slashery. Yeah. But the first two films aren't slashers. Um, but I'll actually get into that a little bit more in a bit as well. Um, but yeah, the original Hellraiser, one of my favorite horror it's films of all time. It's a fantastic movie, yeah. Um, I, I love all of it. Until the end, actually, whenever the Cenobites just start chasing our main character around like it is a slasher for some reason. And it just gets kind of goofy. Like, like, like Butterball is like much. sneaking by her, behind her boyfriend like, ooh. And then he gets like hit by the box like, and yeah. disappears. I'm just like... Why do they care? Why are they chasing her? They got Frank. Why do they care? <laughs> Why do they give a shit? Which is a problem I have with this movie, which I'll, which we'll get into as well. Um, but great film. 
uh, Hellbound Hellraiser 2 is also not as good as the first one. But still good. But almost on the level. I think as far as a follow-up sequel goes, um, especially horror sequels, oh, which are yeah. usually horrible, usually those don't go well. Uh, horrible. Yeah, horrible. Uh, <laughs> Hellraiser 2 is great. It's a great... Uh, uh, Great to go back in that world and tie up loose ends and revisit a bunch of those characters. See Frank again. See Julia again. You know, where's Christy? How people think she's just crazy and all this. And uh, finding out a bit more about the Cenobites and where Pinhead comes from. Yeah. Just enough. Just enough you find out about Pinhead where it's like, okay, I can I can deal with that. Yeah. Not we didn't go like... too much into like, here's how the box was made. Like this film. We're just like, I don't care. No, I, I didn't don't need care. to see that. Yeah. Um. <laughs> So this movie, uh, after two, of course, they made three. That's usually how it works. <laughs> You're kidding. Um, they skipped three, went to four, <laughs> came out with three after. Uh, Hellraiser 3, Hell on Earth, I just rewatched it yesterday, uh, is bad, but better than this film. Um, it's doesn't have a dull moment. I'll say that. I think it is an entertaining film. It is a... a Incredibly stupid film. People, of course, bring up that there's a CD Cinebite, a DJ Cinebite that kills right. people with CDs. But there's also one that that turns into a camera-faced Cinebite that has great one-liners after punching his uh, lens through somebody's skull. It says, that's a wrap. <laughs> or, it's time for your close-up. You know, it's, it's, it's silly fun. It's stupid as hell. It is... It is just one of those things where the only thing they took from the first two Hellraiser movies, like, oh yeah, it's edgy, like sex and violence. It is a corn album of a film. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> it's like if you make if 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 corn was a film, <laughs> it'd probably be Hellraiser three. This would be a boom bombadidum. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that movie's got the life. Um, and that brings us to Hellraiser four, which is what we'll be talking about today: Bloodline. Uh, it got greenlit. Hellraiser 3, I believe, was a success. Studio execs were like, all right, worked pretty well. Pinhead is super marketable because these tapes, they just see him on the cover. And they buy them. And they buy them. So clearly we can make a franchise that's based around this character, even though it makes no sense where this character's going. Uh, we're going to greenlight it. Clive Barker had some say in the story of the third film. He, he kind of structured what, what was happening. Um and there's a bunch of disagreements on set, so it didn't really turn out that well because the visions weren't quite there. From what I understand, the director wasn't too happy making that film either. And the same thing happened with this one, enough to where... Uh, Alan Smithy didn't <laughs> like directing it? This movie was directed by Alan Smithy. For anybody that's not in the know what Alan Smithy is, is that up until 2000, from 1968 to 2000, Alan Smithy was a pseudonym, as an alias for directors that did not want to be associated with the project that they made. So if you wanted to completely like, I don't want my name on this, you would use Alan Smithy. There, there's a couple other names as well. I, I can't remember what, what they are. But Alan Smithy was the most popular one. So whenever you see a movie that says written or directed by Alan Smithy. They do not want to be a part of it. Maniac Cop 3 was directed by Alan Smithy. <laughs> William Lustig did not want to finish that movie um so uh but the director was actually kevin yeager uh 
So Kevin Yeager, before this, he was not the first choice to direct this film. The first choice they went up to is uh, Stuart Gordon. Stuart Gordon, who directed Reanimator and From Beyond. Uh, rest, rest in peace, he died, what, two years ago now? Yeah. Um, awesome director. Loved Stuart Gordon. Uh, he had creative differences. Didn't want to direct it. The next person they approached was Guillermo del Toro. He was like, I'm sorry, I'm busy making wacky New Zealand movies. Guillermo del Toro is? Why am I thinking Peter Jackson? Yeah, I was saying, I like, why is he in New fuck. Zealand? I don't know why I fucking always... I think they, like, look the same to me in my kind head. Of, they kind of look, look the same. So I always chubby guys with beards. Yeah, and, you know, and glasses. Directors. They both, you know... Worked in horror at one point or another, you know? So, why not? And I imagine it's 1996. He may have just made Kronos. He, wasn't, he probably was given a choice between this or, or Mimic, which he went and did Mimic. And, of course, he, he didn't finish directing that either. Right. It was Alan Smithy, but he doesn't take credit for doing that film. Um, so, he turned this down. So, they went with Kevin Yeager. Kevin Yeager, at this point, he's just an effects guy. Yeah, pretty um, much. He did Freddy Krueger's makeup. He created The Crypt Keeper. Uh, yeah, he did a lot of for cool Tales from stuff. the Crypt. Um, uh, he also directed episodes of Tales from the Crypt. Two, yeah, two. Episodes. And also, he he created the Chucky doll. Really? Prior to doing the Crypt Keeper, because infamously, this is this is well known, like bit of trivia. Most people, most horror fans know this, but the Crypt Keeper has Chucky's eyes. Right. They they took the eyes from the original Chucky doll, one of the Chucky dolls from the first film, and they put it into the Crypt Keeper uh, animatronic or puppet um, for for the show. So that's Kevin Yeager. And Kevin Yeager was not a director at this point. He was kind of nervous about doing it, but they talked him into it. Uh, Clive Barker was working on the script with uh, writer Peter Atkins, who I think helped co-write the second and third one. He, he was already working with Clive Barker in the previous films. Uh, Clive Barker originally pitched this movie uh, as as a multi, um, multi-time period film. It was supposed to be a three-part three part. Over three films. <laughs> Unlike this movie, no. which just forces them all into one film. Yep. Um, this is supposed to be like a three-movie epic where each one's going to be a different generation. That would have been better. Yeah. Uh, so that's what Clive Barker pitched it as. Um, enough to where people were like, this is like the greatest like Hellraiser, like the original screenplay or the original pitch or anything. They're like, this is the greatest Hellraiser sequel ever. Like, this is going to be amazing. Like, people were really excited about it. Uh, but we want to do a three-part film set in different time periods. And uh, I guess adapted on the Le Marchand storyline, which I guess was in the original. I never read the uh, the, the original novel, the no, novella that, that Hellraiser was based off of. But I guess that it's, some of the stuff that's in this movie is mentioned in that story. Um, so, yeah, Atkins had previously written co- Hellraiser 2 and co-written Hellraiser 3 with uh, Barker. Um, so they pitched the idea. Miramax, Miramax was all about it. They greenlit it. Uh, went to Kevin Yeager. Kevin Yeager's like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. It's fine. And we'll bring back Pinhead. Because he sells. He sells. Which is funny because the original films, if you watch Hellraiser 1 and 2, Pinhead is clearly not the villain of those movies. No, he's just kind of the consequence which is kind of the problem with all these movies as they kind of go along because those first two films and clive barker originally wanted this was that julia was supposed to be the main bad guy of all the films and she does a great job and she's the bad guy of the first two which is clearly she's the bad guy because the cenobites are only creatures that like once they're summoned they do what they're summoned to do 
right? They right. Have, there's no. They have no other motives. They have no. They're just like nowhere demons that give you everything that you ask for, which is plain pain and pleasure. An excessive amount. <laughs> like there, there's no stop. But you're getting what you want. Like, and we don't differentiate between the two. It's just you did this, and you are the deserving of this. They aren't evil geniuses, unlike Pinhead tries to turn into as <laughs> his movies Which go along, he, especially in this one. He's not quite an evil genius. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it makes more sense for Julia to be the bad guy of the franchise, but Pinhead sold. He was on the cover of all the VHS tapes. People were like, oh, this is good. Worked out great for Doug Bradley, who was just a mate of Clive Barker from England, just his friend for years, his childhood friend. He's like, hey, you want to be in my first movie? Uh... You can either be a lead Cenobite, which is like this demon characters I'm making in this, or you can be like in this one scene, these guys need to carry a mattress into a house. And you can be one of the guys that carry the mattress. And he's like, well, the other one sounds like way funner. I'm going to just be, <laughs> be the Cenobite. Why don't we just carry a mattress? He's like, all right, that's a pretty good choice. And it's great because it gave him a career. So Yeah, yeah. All right. So that's the backstory of this. Yep. Of course, it goes without saying that since this is an Alan Smithy film, what turned out happening with the movie, Kevin Yeager clearly was not happy with. They wanted the studio wanted to do a lot of reshoots because I guess the original cut was 110 minutes and they wanted to reshoot a bunch of stuff. It was 85 minutes. Yeah. Ugh. And so he was just like, "That's fine. I just don't have the energy. I I don't want to do this. So just bring somebody else in." And they did bring somebody else in. They brought in uh, a director by the name of. Joe, Ch- Joe Chappelle. Smithy Allen. Joe, Joe, Joe Chappelle to finish it up. Um, and I don't think Clive Barker was too happy with like the final thing. He recommended that uh, Rand Ravitch come in and rewrite the new scenes, who he worked with on the second Candyman film, mm. which is also terrible. So, <laughs> so anyways, let's get into Hellraiser Bloodline. All right. So, we start... With a man on a spaceship. <laughs> Space station in Using 2127? 2127, I think that's correct. Minos. I think it's Space um, Station Minos, I think it's called. And he is controlling a robot with the box <laughs> in a different room, I assume, through a weird holographic video screen because it's the future. <laughs> so the robot... Uh, puts the box in the box way that the box has to go to open hell portals. And the pudding pops. And it blows up the robot. We don't really get why, but it does. And then Pinhead and a couple of other Cenobites appear. And he's like, now I've trapped you. This is it. And then a gun is pointed at him. And for some reason... That is unexplained in the movie. They have sent a team to stop a guy from playing with a box on a ship that they believe has no power. So apparently you need a SWAT team. So I, just to like give an example, this would be like, I have a Ouija board and I want to go to the park and play with my Ouija board. And then everyone's like, that shit's stupid. It's bullshit. But he is playing with it in the park, so let's send the SWAT team. (laughs) So I'm surrounded by SWAT team members while I'm using the Ouija incorrectly in the park. Um, 
and they're all like, "Hey, we're we're putting you down, sir. Like you can't be doing this." And it's like, "Why are you afraid of it?" And they're like, "Absolutely not. We think it's complete bullshit." And then they flip my bird and ki- board and kick dirt on me. <laughs> they kick dirt on the board. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, ah. So that's kind of what this is, except. Now let's imagine that I was doing this in a park on the moon and they had to send the SWAT team into space to stop me from playing with a Ouija board they don't believe works. That is accurate. That is the beginning of this movie. Is that a bunch of people... Travel in the space to stop a guy from playing with a toy box that they don't believe does anything. And it is not explained further than that. <laughs> right. Um, so he's taking into an interrogation room. <laughs> so he's taken into an interrogation room uh, with a woman that uh, apparently's job is being an interrogator. I, I guess. But she says literally nothing. Her name is Rimmer. Rimmer. <laughs> Rimmer. Mm, wonder where she got that name. Um, She's like, that's not my last name. It's just my name from college. <laughs> what do they call him? Blowjob. <laughs> oh, that's Blowy. <laughs> um, hey, what, what's this character's name? Is Mer- His last name is Merchant. Merchant, yes. Jack Merchant. Jack Merchant, yes. And... Uh, so she's like, okay, tell me what's going on with that box that doesn't do anything, man. And he's like, no, there's demons. There's these demons that are summoned, and they're in the spaceship, and everything bad you could think of is going to happen unless you let me finish this. And she's like, I can't do that. And it's like, why? <laughs> she's like, I need to hear the full story. He's like, okay, of, how much time you got? Of not She's only like, not only your life, but every life of everybody in your family tree first. <laughs> she's, she's just like, he's like, how much time do you have? And she's like, I have 110 minutes. He's like, I'll do it in 85. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, perfect. Uh, okay, yeah. <laughs> And My boss is going to really be okay with that. <laughs> and also, she's not the only person. Remind remind you, there there is a team. Again. <laughs> in the, the other team room. is in the other room doing what? <laughs> They're just like, hanging out. What is the point of the being there? They never explain it. Other than their job is to stop him from playing with a box that they don't think does anything. Here's the thing. Is that this will not be the first comparison I make to this movie. It's a movie that we talked about previously. But Event Horizon is the better version of this movie. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Uh, Event Horizon is the better Hellraiser in space. Yes. At least in Event Horizon, we know why this team is out there getting old Sam Neill and all his goodness graviness. Getting the, uh, Ryan the gravy boat on. Yeah, getting the gravy boat right to Sam Nil. We know why. It's, it's actually in great detail explained what they're after, what they want, what he thinks, what what's happening. Here, they just show up and don't explain 
anything. anything. <laughs> no, they just At like, all. immediately interrogate Blaze with a Ouija board in the park. <laughs> I'm like, please stop. I don't even think this works. Like, they're like, they're like, then they took Blaze to interrogation. They're like, all right, Blaze, you explain to us your whole life, but also <laughs> the life of everybody in your bloodline. And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> um, so she. <laughs> So after he's like, I can do this in 85 minutes, um, we go back Mm -hmm. to, uh, I don't think the time is specified exactly, but he just said centuries ago. (laughs) And I think it's in the 1700s. Probably. It was Victorian times, probably. Yes. Um, Maybe Mm -hmm. pre-Victorian. Yeah, probably pre-Victorian times, actually. And... Here is this man, and he's like, oh, I've, I've got these directions from this uh, weird occult man to make a special little toy box for him, and he's making this box so he's a, hard. Yeah, he's a toy maker. He's a toy maker. And his last name is Le Merchant. Le Merchant. <laughs> because that's how bloodlines work. Your name just changes over time. From La to L. So to- the merchant, you're now just merchant. <laughs> um... It should be like La Toy Maker, but it's fucking not. No. <laughs> and uh, so he makes this, the box that we all know and now hate. <laughs> yes. Um, and we're like, okay. So he made the box. Don't know how that really explains anything. And then his wife is like, oh, dear, what have you created? And he was like, look, my love, it is the best thing I've ever made. She's like, oh, it's a box. He's like, yes. He was like, I'm going to take it somewhere that I appreciate it. And she's like, wait, but I love you and but our unborn child loves you. Feel my baby. And, and he's like, Fuck that baby. I got work to do. He's like, nah. Somebody's going to like this box. And he goes off to um, uh, our, uh, the cast of um, Parks and Recreation. Adam Scott? Yeah. <laughs> no, the whole cast is Oh, the there. whole cast is there. Ron Swanson is there. Um, so uh, we're met with this strange, what they have called an occult leader. I can't remember his name. Uh, Delisle? Delisle, maybe. Sure, yeah. fuck it. I don't care. <laughs> Delisle. And... Yeah, no, Duke, Duke D. Lyle. Duke D. Lyle. Yeah. Um, and he is sitting there while Adam Scott brings in what you assume is a prostitute or a woman of the night. <laughs> and he's Hooker. like, you should eat. <laughs> and she starts eating. He's like, like, okay. Oh, here's a magic trick, young lady. <laughs> And he pulls a ribbon out of her ear. And she's like, how oh, oh, are you always this gentlemanly? And he goes, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then they tie her up to the chair. And he asked, they hang her up, stab her well, through the, the back. Well, first she looks down oh, at wait, the food. Oh, wait, that's right. Adam Scott the, the, strangles looks, her to well, death. Well, first she looks at the food. No and cares. basically it's like, do you like your biscottis? <laughs> because yeah. there's worms all like over worms? the worms? <laughs> Um, so she gets strangled by Adam Scott, who is so threatening of a person. Like every time you see the Adam Scott, you're just like, that guy's going to kill Adam me. Scott, 
stone cold killer immediately. Yeah, run away it's adam scott i mean you know adam scott's up there with like you know lee marvin or charles bronson john malkovich You're just like this guy is like, a like, psycho to kill this is a bad motherfucker adam scott he's like quickly skinner he's like oh, oh okay <laughs> um all right so they hook her up so they hook her up. They hook the hooker up. They hook the hooker up. And they skin her, which I didn't really get. And then he starts chanting, and the box starts moving, and then the floor opens up. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, that hooker is back back at it, but now she's possessed by a demon. Named Angelique. Named Angelique, who is a princess of some sorts. Sure. That's what they say. I That's don't what know Pinhead keeps on calling her in this why movie. Why they don't explain that at all? Okay. <laughs> nope. But but this prostitute sure is possessed now. So so little do they know that the toy maker, Le Merchant, yes. is standing in the window watching everything. Yes. yes. And he designs a box that can send them back. Yes. Another one. Which doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make because any of the sense previous films, you could just use the regular lament configuration to also put him back, right? There was never two lament configurations in the other room. <laughs> it's just the same lament configuration. Um, yes. So he decides. Oh man, I don't know why, but I have to go back there and stop them. Now, uh, did what's his name? D. De- Delisle. Delisle um, is sitting in a chair with scars all over his body and is presumably dead. He's all carved up. And he's like, well, I better take the box back Just while Adam there. Scott is getting a rimmer from fucking the he's strapped Angelique. To, he's the strapped demon. to the bed. It looks like she is completely having her way with him. Yeah. Um. You know, that scary, scary man, Adam Scott. I'm like, God, somebody save that demon. There's a real demon. His name is Adam Scott. Adam Danger Scott. <laughs> um, so, yeah. He's almost as threatening as Paul Rudd. <laughs> he was also Parks and Rec. Yeah. Um, where was I? Yeah, so he goes to grab the box. Delisle goes, I'm alive. And then he dies again. And then, what do you know? The demon lady is in front of him and says, Hey, you got some nice fingers. And then kills him. He's like, I know. I make. Well, she doesn't just kill him. There's some expository dialogue first. Yes. We find out that it's not her that's controlling Adam Scott. It's Adam Scott. But Adam Scott controls her. And they have kind of a uh, deal. They have a bit of a... uh, The deal is that as long as he doesn't interfere with... Hell's ways. Yeah, what, what hell wants or whatever, then she'll be his servant. Yeah. Don't worry. By the next scene, this is go- it's going to completely blow up. So it's fine. <laughs> 
They don't really explain it. And then they go back to the spaceship, and she's like, oh. Well, yeah, she kills kills Le Merchant. He goes back to his home, and his wife's like, no. And then it goes back to the future. Yeah, back to the spaceship. And it was like, that didn't feel like 48 minutes, did it? And it's like, no, it was. It was definitely 48 minutes. He's like, don't worry, I have another story. (laughs) And she's like, Christ almighty. (laughs) No, she's just kind of like this the whole time. <laughs> She's a great actress. Yeah, she is something else. Um, so now we are zoomed in to a a house where a young boy is playing with connects. So you know it's the future. It's super radical. Yeah, connects. Those are the things now. And um, that and that, that. I think. I think that that. New artist was just just making her uh, started her music career around this Kate Bush. Yeah. Oh <laughs> I think, yeah. I think she's somewhere in there as how, well. How about you do the second story? I did the first story. Oh uh, Jesus Christ! <laughs> but so long. I well yeah. <laughs> uh, uh. So yes, there's a kid. Is you gotta help me with this? Because um, because there's 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 parts in it that that I know you're gonna want to talk about. Um, mm, probably. Yes. Yes, there is. <laughs> They're absolutely just one hundred percent. So uh, yes, we're now in what seems to be the nineties. It seems to be right after Hellraiser three, which w- w- I'll connect to why. Yeah, um, a man wakes up from a horrible night. We are now with another one of Merchant's ancestors. Uh, his name is John Merchant, and also uh, all the merchants look like Harry Styles. <laughs> really weird for Harry Styles I brought him up randomly last episode I don't even know a Harry Styles song I don't think but I know he's popular but he does look like Harry Styles um, kind of in the face but uh, so John Merchant uh, he and his wife and their young son live in a condo in New York City he is an architect yep an engineer and architect, I imagine. Which is why his son likes Connect so much. Yes, and, but he just makes the same... He's just working the He's same fucking two, Ferris wheel. He's just two Ferris wheels put together. Yes, uh, which may be a little foreshadowing, two things put together, but anyways. Ah. Uh, uh, somewhere within the city... Um, well, first of all, John Merchant's having awful flashes and nightmares to a previous ancestor or something. He's just like, huh, a nightmare. Must mean something. Or maybe not. I don't know. But I hate awards shows. I don't want to go accept this award. And his wife, and his wife Meryl Streep, is like, come on. Let's go to the award you show. You should go to the award show. Absolutely. And also, your grandma, it's her fault. She puts those stories in your head. And that's why you have nightmares. Let's go to the award show. Like, Can we go to the award show? I would rather go talk to my therapist. And she's like... No. No, it was your grandma. She was the problem. Yeah. So, I wish it sounds like that. But Hello. all right. So, um, so, somewhere else in this city. And she's like, oh, thank goodness I got a good table at the award show. Yeah. Or maybe, or maybe it's not in the city. Elsewhere, uh, Angelique and Adam Scott. <laughs> and she's like, I would like to go to... Uh, New York, and he's like, or America, and he's like, screw America. I'm Adam Scott. <laughs> I'm drunk and vicious. Yeah, I am he's so drinking drunk his whiskey. He's being very vicious. He's being very edgy. 
He's like, I own you, demon. And she's like, do you? <laughs> and he's like, yeah. It's You're like, standing in hell's way. She's like, one thing you forgot, we had a deal. But guess what? No I know it's been jobs for you. I baby. know it's been 200 years, but even as a demon, I just realized, holy shit, the bloodline of the merchant is still going. I don't know how I missed the ones in between for 200 years. For 200 years until until this magazine from America that he was on the cover of. Only them, like holy shit! Oh my god. <laughs> That's that's a merchant. I completely forgot to follow up on this. Like, thank God I pick up this engineering magazine in France for an American engineer. Yeah. Woo, man! I almost let you just get away with just fucking me I was for so another wor- century. I was worried for her when I saw Adam Scott drinking. I was just I mean, you know- Adam Scott, man, run. Run. Him on alcohol. It's very violent. Oh, my God. I mean, I don't know. It's kind of like looking death in the face. (laughs) Death in a a very, like, charming. Boyish face. Boyish face. (laughs) Like, oh, hey, um, I guess I'm going to kill you. (laughs) You know, Adam Scott, the Paul McCartney of the sitcom world. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> killer killer scott <laughs> oh man but watch out <laughs> but you know what she tells him this and he goes uh-oh and she just kills him <laughs> yeah she yeah. starts scratching his face up and he's like ah, 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 ah. he's like actually i'm kind of into this and she's like are you getting hard and he's like hmm? <laughs> <laughs> let me bite your cheek off <laughs> he's like wait where's what's the safe word hold on <laughs> she bites bites his cheek off finger fucks it a bit and then she just she punches through him and pulls out and pulls his, his heart out. Oh, was it? I thought it was his I heart. I don't know. It looked kind of soupy. But it was just like one piece. It wasn't like no. I thought it was of... like a intestines. I don't know. No, I thought it was his heart. I don't give a fuck. And then she smashes it, and he's dead. And then it shows her hands, and they're just clean. There's no blood on her hands at all. And now we fine. flash forward to the banquet where his wife's like, oh, boy, I'm, really <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy. Oh, I, I knew they were providing food, but this is something else. I really didn't expect it to be this good of a meal. <laughs> oh, my God. Is that a glass of champagne? Wait, can I have some goodness gravy? <laughs> goodness gravy for oh, my geez. beef? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. This is something else. This is a really great banquet. I really. <laughs> and uh, so. Oh, lordy me. <laughs> inside the building. Inside this building, though, the decor of it looks like the inside or the outside as well of the puzzle box. It looks like the lament configuration. Now, this is the thing I mentioned whenever I was talking about Hellraiser 3 I'd come back to is that the end of Hellraiser 3, the final action sequence takes place at a construction site. And once, once our protagonist defeats Pinhead, spoilers, in Hellraiser 3, the good guy wins. <laughs> Whoa. Um, she gets a little bit configuration, and she goes to a puddle of wet cement, and she just shoves it down into the puddle of wet cement to where it's, like, forever forgotten, right? Yep. And then the end of the movie, you see that years later, a building was built. And it looks like the puzzle box. Like, the inside of it looks like the puzzle wow. box. So, you watch this, but you're like, oh my god, he created he created the building. 
that was on top where this construction site was was made uh was was building this building that was like he was the one that was already working on it but we find out that no uh it was already built and the lament configuration called to him no that was whenever you're a des- i don't think they understand how architecture works no first of all you have to design the building so they know what to build as a core for it and then they make it it's not just like oh they're, they're building a building over there i'm gonna go and make it look like a puzzle box now it's like no they were building it from the base up it didn't call to shit but he goes up there and he's like i'm gonna get my award now and he goes there and he's he's old Stutters Magoo. There's the <laughs> woman from his nightmares. And he's like, but bet, but bet, but bet. And he says some bad, fucking bad, shit bad. about Leonardo da Vinci, and everybody's just like, what the fuck is he talking what? about? He's like, and he's like, thank you. And he runs off up here to like. And his wife's like, oh no, you're <laughs> what I thought was going to happen. I I knew he was gonna fuck this up. <laughs> I just. <laughs> I oh you did so good. Welcome back to the table. Did you see the happy champagne? Like this food is to die for. I really, you know, just just one movie ago, this was just a construction site. Who would have thought we would be sitting here now? This yeah, is really they built the building very yeah. quickly. It's uh, it's really funny when you think about how all those uh, camera demons were <laughs> killing people just of one movie ago. <laughs> the now whole we have city. A, now we're sitting in the middle of the construction site eating champagne and. <laughs> She's like, nobody hired a DJ for this because I heard also there was a DJ that threw CDs to kill people. You didn't hire him as the DJ for this event, did oh, you? Oh, God, I hope not. It was only a movie ago. You should have remembered. He was killing people with corn CDs. You should have remembered he was throwing very sharp CDs all around. And I, uh, who knew, you know, one movie ago. That's so, all so, I watched. So just one movie ago. <laughs> so many life is peachy deaths. <laughs> just so many. Follow the leader, killed so many people. <laughs> just corn CDs on top of corn CDs killing people. Also forgot to mention at the end of Hellraiser 3, the ending credit song is Hellraiser by Motorhead. It really is. Good. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is so re- so dumb. It's fine though, but it's dumb. Uh, it, this movie makes that one look like a Academy Award winner. But anyways, so uh, uh, they go back home, and then he goes to work, <laughs> and Angelica's there, and, and she's, she's like, "Oh, oh, I need you to it, to create these things for me." And he's like, "Well, you're not my wife, and I don't want to fuck my wife, so <laughs> really just fuck you." So, I'll do whatever you ask, lady. <laughs> and uh, so he's like, okay, I guess I will. And uh, uh, is this when Pinhead comes in? No, this is, yes. Yeah. Because why, I don't know. How, did, how does Pinhead come? How do they release? The, the, the security guards are walking around. The twin security guards. That happens. That That's happen- when he shows up. Oh, is it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she somehow oh oh i remember i remember <laughs> i remember all right weird guy at the fucking party banquet is just standing there looking at something oh there's ah. a different guy and then she walks up to him <laughs> okay yes all right. like ah all right. so rude and he's like oh i'm very sorry and she's like do you want to go down to the 
basement, and he's like, okay. Yeah, and also, I brought this up while we're watching it, is that it feels like this happens in horror movies and films quite a bit in general. Um, whenever, like, just this beautiful woman comes up to this guy who's a complete fucking schlub. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, well, come come with me. Let's go have sex in a room. like, she's going to murder you. In a janitor closet. It's like none of these guys are, like, self-aware. Like, they don't look in a mirror and they're just like, holy shit. Like, I'm, like, 230 pounds. Like, my hairline is gone. Like, I look like somebody's drunk uncle. <laughs> like, I look like I look like a walking racial slur. Yeah. <laughs> it's like... Well, of course this woman wants to bang me. I'm I'm so desirable. So he's like, yeah, let's go. So they go downstairs. And she tells him to close his eyes. She's like, you like games? He's like, oh, it depends uh, on games. I don't know. Uh, sure, lady. He's like, all right, close your eyes. He's like, okay. And there's like a pillar. And she walks around the pillar. And she punches through concrete. You can audibly hear concrete getting he's smashed. Just and he's, oh. he's, he's not even like, what the fuck was that? You have a hammer? She's yeah. like, she's like, no peeking. <laughs> but she punches concrete. It's very audible when you hear concrete get busted open. It's hard to like not distinguish that sound. Yeah. And she pulls the lament configuration out of this. First of all, I don't know how the fuck she knew it was in this cylinder. I guess a call to her. All right, we'll just go with that excuse. It just calls to everybody. Fine. The main configuration just calls to every single person. Whatever. Pause. I'm getting a call. Hello, is this... It's the lament configuration. (laughs) It does call everybody. (laughs) My God. Rocky, your phone's ringing. Hello? Oh, it's lament configuration. I thought so. I I thought so. I haven't seen you since our last family reunion. All right, I'm on my way. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so she's just like... Wait! She's like... I'm getting another phone call. <laughs> That's spam. <laughs> Damn okay. it. But, but the person at the end is like, oh, hold on one second. Yes? Oh, the medic configuration! <laughs> oh my gosh! I'm sorry, sir. I was about to try and sell your new auto insurance policy, but the lament configuration called... He's having trouble with Geico. <laughs> um, but she pulls the box out and she's like, here you go. And he's like... Thanks. All right. She's like, he's like, ah, oh, you didn't tell me the game was puzzle block. I'm fucking terrible at puzzles. Oh, these suck. I thought, ah! I, thought, I thought we were talking about sex. She's like, no. I thought we were talking about a different kind of box. Whatever. Um, and so, uh, what happens is she? He uh, he just holds the box and then this portal opens. The wall and opens. Chains, the whole wall opens. The wall opens. Chains fly out. He gets pulled in. And then Pinhead's He in. goes, yee. <laughs> and he goes inside and then Pinhead comes out he's like I have arrived <laughs> Doug Bradley what are you doing here princess <laughs> Doug Bradley going for broke going for he's broke. game as fuck <laughs> ah, ah. <laughs> and uh, you find out that they're like hey uh this guy, he, he has the power to... Make a portal that's always open. And it can open open the gates of hell. Forever. So we can just, I guess, walk out of hell or make Earth hell. I don't know. We, 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 don't, have to, we don't have to worry about like only giving people like crazy BDSM fetish, fetish dreams. But we can just do it whenever we want now. All the time. And uh, Pinhead's like, 
Excellent. Because he's basically Mr. Burns now at this point kinda, in the Hellraiser franchise. At this, at point. this point in the Hellraiser franchise, Excellent. after the third one, but the, started in the third one, uh, Pinhead for some reason is now just evil, just for sake of being evil. He's like, he's just, all he cares about world domination and being bad. It's not like the first two films that make sense where, like I mentioned, Oh, Cinebites, you me? Yeah. It's like, yeah. all right. Well, here's what you want. Like, I'm going to give you exactly what you want. They're completely neutral. And they're treated as neutral in both of those films. And even learning his backstory in the second and some of the third film, you learn that, that that's all he's interested in. But now he's just like, yes, Smithers. The world is ours. <laughs> yes. Uh, it, everything. Everything's just like, yes, let's take over New York City. It's yeah. Like, why? I don't know because it's evil. <laughs> it's so evil. Fucking Doctor Evil you over understand? here. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, "Temptation, your temptations are boring. Don't yeah. tempt people." Yeah, that, that, he's like, "All right, well, I'll let you do what you want." So uh, we'll go with your plan first. And she does. And her plan, of course, is she's like, well, you know, I'm going to revert back to my old life where I was just a prostitute. <laughs> and I'm just going to be like, well, this guy's a dumbass. So I'm just be like, hey, want me to just fuck you? And he's like, I'll do anything. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and it works for a bit, but apparently not fast enough because Pinhead's like, listen, your plan of tempting him is boring me. It's taking too long. I, I. He's basically saying, how about no, Scotty? Because he's Dr. Evil yeah. <laughs> in these movies. And how now two twin security guards show up where yes. they're having their meeting. Yeah, they're just they're having, they're having their corporate they're having meeting. They're having their corporate meeting, and they're like, hey. Just chains and blood oh. hanging all over the place, just talking logistics. I think that Angelique may have a PowerPoint presentation. Where yeah. she's like, See, I go and I tease his cock, and then he makes a lament box. A lament yeah. Yes, yes, I understand. <laughs> but I've been waiting on, on the slides where I want to see the improvement on uh, motivation with the chains placed everywhere. I want to see if Chitterer is, uh, if their department has been having a lot of improvements since we added the chains or the chains distracting them. Like, well, all I really care at this point, he takes his glasses off and puts the puts the uh, stack of papers yeah. that have been stapled together on the side. He's like, I'm just wondering about the bottom line costs of all this. <laughs> really, it's the overhead. I'm really, you know, I'm more of a numbers man than a people person he's like look i'm just let's think about this for a while i'm going to put this up on the cork board pulls out a pen from his head and puts on a cat poster that says hang in there but the cat's hanging on by chains like, we're gonna put a pin in this for now but we'll come back to we'll it put a pin in this for <laughs> but while, while they're doing this there's two security guards in the building they just happen to be twins so it's twins they're both security guards they both got the same job and the company didn't find any problem with just putting them on the same shift it's like you two work together which normally in the work world they don't want like family members to work in the same department or like right next to each other too much but like you two can be like, you know, the cops of Lethal Weapon. It's fine. Who gives a fuck? <laughs> Go be the best security guard you can be. Like, it, they right. don't get that pleasure. So they're walking around, and they see a door, and they're like, hey, what, what's this door? That this door. door's not on the plans. It's like, you just have a map? <laughs> like, He's like, 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot to do at night. I just kind of look over the map all the time. So they go through the door and just. My endless, brother's so smart. <laughs> it's this <laughs> endless kind of map. It's this endless hallway. It seems of uh, a dank, a dank corridor hallway, uh, and they're just going through it, and they're like, "Ooh, it's really spooky in here," and they eventually. Run into the PowerPoint presentation. presentation. (laughs) Where Angelica's like, God damn it, I was just about to sell this deal. But it's like, what is happening? Who are you? This is so unprofessional. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. Wait, is it somebody's birthday? (laughs) If you didn't check the chart, we scheduled for this workroom for today. (laughs) You shall be punished. (laughs) (laughs) Which he does. Um, He's like, I don't know, he makes some quip about brothers. How they don't want to be apart. Yeah, or something. And because of this crazy contraption that goes through their, that, that a mask goes on one half of each part of the uh, face. Of the face. Uh, each of the twins' face, but adjacent. Like it's like one's right side, one's left side. And then this big bolt screw thing goes through their heads and then twist their skin together twist them into one person like a big like siamese twin or conjoined twin yeah of some sort um also there's uh zool zool is there also yeah no <laughs> I, forgot idea mention, why. Just... I forgot to mention that zool from ghostbusters apparently got turned into a cenobite at some point but it's it's if zool uh got fucked by chatterer from the previous films and they made a, a, a chatterer dog Cinnabite. That's exactly what they did. Yes. Uh, he's there also. So, uh, Pinhead's got a whole cavalcade of, of weird Cinnabites at this point. Uh, something helps happens that scene, doesn't it? Oh yes. So he's like, you know what? Here's the bottom line, Angelique. I'm sorry for that. Uh, I'm sorry for that intrusion. <laughs> uh, I had to deal with that, but I, I think this is uh, the bottom line on this. Is um, I, as 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 convincing as your PowerPoint presentation <laughs> has been, I think uh, it's going to take too long and it's going to cost too much money. So I'm just going to kidnap his wife and child. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just. He's like and. So yeah, that happens, and the lady go. It's zoom back. We're at her very long, dank basement hallway to a laundry room, which is very strange to have in a house. And for for John's wife. Yeah, yes, yeah, John's, John's wife. Like, we're back. We're back at the apartment. Yes. Right. That's what I said. Yeah, I, I thought you were talking about Angelique for a second. No, I was no, like, no. wait, what? And she comes back, and oh my god, the little boy's connects are broken. So you know he's gone. Like. <laughs> She's like, oh, fuck. Okay. I left my kid into my own house, unsupervised for 10 seconds, and he's and running around somewhere. She finds him at the end of the stairs and is like, ah, oh, come up here. I was so worried. And he's like, oh, kid. And then out walks Pinhead, who's just broken into their house, I guess. And is <laughs> you know, so Pinhead B&E. You know, and, and it works because... Because she's doing laundry, like you mentioned, and she goes out of the door, not locking it behind her to go down a hallway to the washroom. But I just imagine he just tried the door and just like, oh, sweet. <laughs> just oh, I don't even up. have to use power. So like, uh, <laughs> and then he walked up and the kid's like, hi, you want to play Connects? And he just kicks the Connects <laughs> over because because no. he's, he's, he's evil. So he just smashes it into a million and pieces. Then with all- and then the, kid, the kid's like, no. <laughs> With all of the powers of hell, Pinhead conjures 
he uses to uh, lock them in their laundry room. <laughs> yes. That's his plan to, to lure out the husband, is not put them in a crazy weird hellscape portal and be like, I will feast on their souls. He's like, get in the laundry room. <laughs> Click. Like, that's it. That's his plan. And they're like, Angelique's like, this is fucking genius. <laughs> like, oh my fucking God. All the Cinnabites are like, this is good. This, this is this, really this something. Is, this is great corporate synergy. This is, like, this is really sad. He's like, hey, sometimes you gotta be, you know, that's why I'm at the top. <laughs> this is one of the bot. This is one of the big dog. What they call me? Pin big head. Big, big dog head. Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just figure out. Like, uh, yeah, this is because, why he's the boss. This is why he's the boss. Because when the wife sees the, ba- the baby, the son at the bottom of the stairs, he's like, I can't. And she's like, why not? He won't let me. And she's like, eh? And he just kind of pops around the corner. And she's like, don't hurt him. And he's like, hey, just come with me. And the great thing about it is whenever they go to that washroom is they go through first, though. They go through the hallways change, and now it looks like yeah, it's like the hellscape hallway. It looks and then like, it's like he's like, I kind of used everything on the way to the laundry room. I, I, I only I, listen. I only bought so much supplies from Spirit of Halloween. <laughs> you know how much it costs now to buy Halloween decorations. It is a lot, and uh, people don't ask me why I use change so much. You know why? Because it's only like ten bucks a set. <laughs> uh, yeah. Spirit of Halloween, so. I was able to decorate the whole hallway with uh, $3 webs and $10 chain packs. Yeah, but why did you just leave the laundry room? Black? Well, let's be real. <laughs> well, I don't want you to be too scared. I'm just going to lock you in here. <laughs> and your husband's going to go, oh, my God, where are they? I'm going to say, they're in the laundry room. And he's going to be like, what? <laughs> you mean... You mean they're not like? Is that like a term for some type of evil dimension? It's like no. no. Is that like some I mean, type of like I will torture admit, device? No. I, I will admit you have a very weird setup in your laundry room. Why is it just down your hallway? It's down a hallway, like but the hallway is all cement. And there's and this no doors to other apartments. Like it's not like it's not like a basement where there would be other things. It's just a long concrete hallway to a laundry room. I don't really know. <laughs> How you're an architect and think that's a good idea. <laughs> you're also on the top floor of this building. Where are the other apartments down the hallway? I'm really confused by your whole setup. Uh, Did if you, you build this? But maybe it is a hellscape. I really don't know at this point. <laughs> Anyways, they're in the washroom. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. anyway, yeah, they're sitting on the dryer right now. I saved a lot of money doing this, by the way. I, I spent about 30 bucks decorating the hallway. By the way, you can keep it. It's good for Halloween time. Yeah, it would be really <laughs> Especially if you, if you want to do like a, a Halloween path where the children come in to get the cat. They'll love it. You'll, they'll be love- the, you'll be the hit of the neighborhood. Have a couple people hiding in the hallway. Oh, Dressed so, like scary monsters. Yeah, it'll be great. You'll be the top neighbor. <laughs> and uh, take it from me, I run a corporation. Uh, also, uh, I need you to build a hell portal or I'm going to kill your family. <laughs> <laughs> also, I have such sites to show you. I have I so many sites. Remember our slogan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Back here's, a, here's, a, here's my business card. <laughs> But seriously, I need you to build this. Thin Esquire head. So his plan is, uh, so he's like, I guess I gotta build this. So he goes back to his computer room at his offices and he's typing. But he tricks them. In. <laughs> How does he trick them? I, by making the lights, uh, 
not do the shape they wanted. Yeah, yeah. The, the lament configuration has to go in one a certain type of light pattern has to balance. Which between he also the, already said he didn't know how to do. Yeah. Yeah, but but also the Cenobites are idiots in this. Yeah, it's like not smart. I'll seduce him or let's just kidnap his wife and kid. Let's just throw him in the laundry room in his house. He'll never find him. <laughs> so uh, so they're like, wait a second, this isn't working. And during this time, he runs the laundry room and unlocks them. Just opens the door. Like, come on. They're like, okay. We gotta go. And they're like, oh my god. And Pan's like. Damn it! <laughs> I really didn't think that through. <laughs> Maybe I should have put a bit of health for it. <laughs> so uh, they run off, and he's like, "We need to split up." <laughs> yeah. Listen, I got you guys, uh, honey. You run down the stairs. Um, uh, I'm gonna put our son unsupervised, just on an elevator that can probably be easily toyed with. Just all right, kid. There you go. Don't worry. You'll be fine. What's my ah. elevator? <laughs> yeah, easily Pinnacle could just like cut the cords out of there. just going to crash and just the whole elevator could blown up. Who knows? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and uh, John runs to uh, – uh, also, he has a terrible wig on because the actor that's playing the, the space version of uh, the merchant, Jack Merchant, his head is completely shaved. So he yeah. has like a really shitty wig, <laughs> a 90s haircut wig on. Um, <laughs> and you know the haircut. You know the haircut I'm yeah, talking about, yeah. the one that all the '90s kids had. Like he's got the he's got the John Connor the swoop. <laughs> yes, um, swoop. There it is. Yeah, swoop. There it is. And uh, <laughs> yes, and he's like, I'm gonna go face Pinhead. He's like, Hey, you are gonna do shit. <laughs> you gonna do shit. You uh, need me. I already got your kid. <laughs> yeah, he's like, I released him from the washroom. He's like. Damn it. <laughs> he's, like, well, yeah. he's like, it's fine. I don't need you anymore. He's like, what? And he just shoots a chain through John's neck that anchors out and then comes back and slices his fucking head off and kills him. Uh, why? <sighs> yeah, he was just like, I don't care about the plan anymore. <laughs> and um, at this point... <laughs> his wife gets the lament and... The main configuration? Yeah. And yeah. holds it at them, and he's like, ha, I got it from you. But then he drops it. Yeah, he just, <laughs> he just and drops, he drops it, it. And they both get sucked in, and he's like, no! <laughs> it's so terrible. He's like, no, my butterfingers. <laughs> Dermot <it>, Smithers. <laughs> <laughs> wow back in hell already sir yes <laughs> oh, all right sir um so he uh so now we're finally now we're finally in the promised space. now we're finally <laughs> with 20 minutes of movie left oh my god we're finally back in space <laughs> Yeah. Thank God we learned about this boring ass fucking family and how much of an idiot Pinhead is. And so, so we've uh, talked about this movie longer than the movie is. It's <laughs> fine. Uh, you want to tell this part or take lead on this part? So here we are. We get a flashback. We had to rewatch the beginning of the film again. 
Yeah, they show the exact beginning of the film where they, and up to the point of where they stop him and they're in the interrogation room. He's like, and that's how I ended up here. And she's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, 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 was pro- there for I that. did that. Yeah. And uh, so he's like, I got to go do this. And she's like, well, you're not going alone. And he's like, oh. he's like, you don't believe me? And she's like, I don't believe in hell. And he's like, well, you should. Hell believes in you. Yeah. That's all that matters. And she's like, yeah, but so I don't. I'm an atheist. I don't fucking care. <laughs> and he's like, "So why did you stop me?" And she's like, "That I still do not know. <laughs> and I'm not sure why we spent all the money coming out here to stop you from doing something we don't believe in." <laughs> but uh, we got this kid, this fat kid with a Ouija board. We gotta go check out. <laughs> <laughs> he seems very sweaty. <laughs> and um, so her boss comes in. He's like, "All right, throw him in a cell." And it's like, for what? And he's like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> because it's cool? Yeah, I mean... It, we he's can't. like, listen. Look, we're mad at him for something. <laughs> he's, <laughs> like, he's like, don't ask questions. You know, if he wasn't white, he'd already be shot. <laughs> and she's like, oh yeah, that's right. And he's <laughs> like, no, there are people, there's demons in here. you got to get out of here. And immediately somebody gets their face ripped off. Yeah. And well, he goes investigating. And he's like... Well, he thinks he. Oh, yeah, because. What I don't mention, are you but from? The, the Pinhead is on the space station. The box released Pinhead on Yeah, him. I said that yeah. at the beginning. And so him and Angelique. Angelique is in her full Cinnabite form, where her head is kind of flayed That's open. It. it looks kind of like a nun's uh, head Habit. covering. Yeah. And uh, she. Uh, so he's. He think he, he, this cop. Or whatever. I don't know what. I don't even know what their jobs are. They just have guns and they're on a space station and they're trying to arrest this guy. Um, Why? The, Never. The, the one guy's like he thinks he hears children crying, so he shoots the lock on this big box and opens up and there's nothing in there. It's just like I better investigate. <laughs> so he goes to investigate and Pinhead immediately rips his face off, he rips all of his skin off of his body. Uh, and another guard stumbles across him and calls the rest of everybody and be like, oh, my God, this guy's dead. There's something here. Like, don't come out looking for it. And he immediately goes searching around. <laughs> he immediately, right if he gets the radio, he's like, what's going on? He's like the soldiers from Metal Gear Solid. Like, huh? <laughs> yeah. And then, like, wanders off and then stops. Huh? <laughs> huh? Yeah. Where did, how they th- throw a spray can? How did this box get here? continue <laughs> it's uh so they're getting like word they zoom back to uh, uh merchant and rimmer and her boss and they're all sitting in her room and they're don't really have a plan at all they're just like what's going on something's happening and he's like it's them you need to let me out of here come on please you're my only hope rimmer and she's like okay i'll let you out of here. okay i believe you now <laughs> <laughs> All right, I believe in hell. Holy shit. <laughs> I thought just listen to your... I just imagine they're, they're all sitting in that room, like, trying to figure out what's going on. And Pinhead is like, welcome to hell. And he just locks the door. <laughs> <laughs> Click. <laughs> he was like, damn it, where's the light switch? Oh, my God, we're locked in here doing space laundry. <laughs> Um, and he's, Pinhead's like, damn it, where's my reading glasses? I can't read what this sign says. I don't know if this is the way to where they're hiding or not. 
So it. yeah, uh, so somebody goes out there looking around, uh, trying to find where the other people are going, and guess what? <laughs> he gets chased by Pinhead, and then he hides, and then Pinhead passes him, and then uh, Chitter Dog, <laughs> we'll Chatterzol is a Chool. Yeah, Chool, Chulo uh, is. <laughs> Right where he's hiding, and he eats him. <laughs> we. Um, this is really hard to talk about because it was so fucking boring. Uh, I think I think our discussion of it's more entertaining the whole movie. So he, movie's fucking boring. He finally convinces them to to let him out. Uh, the twins find the boss guy and separate, and they. Put him in the middle of them and somehow connect him inside of them. I guess. Uh, yeah, <laughs> something like that. Well, uh, well, first of all, Merch is like, "Hey, you gotta use the puzzle box. The puzzle box, or the make configuration. Like, the box doesn't work. The, the, yeah, the box will the box will defeat him. And he's like, "Okay, so he has the box, and he's all fumbles with it and doesn't work at all. And they're like, "All right, we're gonna kill you now. And they just do. They just kill. Him. <laughs> they just smash yeah. him into a three way with the with the twins who can detach and then smash somebody into him. But it apparently, just turns into gelatin. But in my mind, I, I like to think that they're now a menage a trois. A so, yeah. Um, another thing about these movies uh, is that the first two. Fi- well, I'll, I'll go back to them actually. Let's, let's finish this because we're right at the end. So let's finish the movie that I'll say. Yeah. So in um, comparison. So um, he sees Rimmer and he's like, Rimmer, you got to. Or Merchant sees Rimmer when they're running through the space station. He's like, you got to get out of here. You got to go. <laughs> and she's like, okay. <laughs> and he, See you later, loser. She goes and um, we get a scene of him working on a computer and Pinhead just walks in the room casually. <laughs> he's like, ah. <laughs> he just and then he's like, oh, I know what will distract him. And he puts a picture of Earth. He's like, ah, Earth. Yeah. This is, that is a place that I am, I frequent. Yeah. And he just starts staring at the screen and the guy runs away, like behind him. And he's like, oh, hey, you can't get away from me. And then obviously he can't because uh, there's Pinhead just randomly in a room filled with chains talking to Merchant. And then he's like, see, you could never defeat me. He's like, yeah, but what if I kill you with this? He's like, I can't die. And he's like, okay. And then he disappears because he's a fucking hologram. He tricked him. And, and of course, Pinhead's a fucking idiot. So he's he like, what? Where are you? He's like, damn it, it's right. We're, we're in the future now. Space age technology. Oh, my God. Like, this is unfair advantage, really. And um, so they're in a space shuttle outside of the fucking ship. And he presses a button that turns the space station into... The fucking cube. <laughs> it turns it into a big Lamec configuration. It was fucking... And and all the fucking satellites around Yeah, it. just shoot like a laser beam into the fucking <laughs> cube. And he's like... Argh! It's going in the right pattern. 
<laughs> it's going into the pattern they've been working on for centuries. It, yeah, and that's it. And then he he blows up, blows up, and then you see a really bad 3D drawing of them jankily going back to Earth. And the escape shuttle. And that's it. And then you cut to credits. Cut to motorheadless credits. Yep. No motorhead this time, guys. Just boring ass, straightforward Chris. You feel like in this movie. Like the last couple films, whenever like now oh, it's evil pinhead, where it's Doctor Evil pinhead, where it's like I don't want to do my job anymore. I just want to take over Earth. You think that there's somewhere else in the world that somebody went through the whole journey like Frank did in the original movie, where they, yeah, where they get the lament configuration and they're in some nasty room that's just you know dry walls and just like sweat dripping trying to figure out this puzzle box and it unlocks and he's like yes my journey's finally come to an end i'm about to get pain and pleasure and just one beat two beat three beats what the fuck? Nothing's happening because there's no Cenobites to do yeah. their job. They're just, just out there. <laughs> they start trying to take over the world. It's like, he's oh, like, what the fuck? He's like, oh, <laughs> I paid it. all this money just for a box? <laughs> I guess those people who said, uh, Bill, you're fucking nuts. That's not going to work. We're right. <laughs> um, You've lost me, lose my faith in hell. The thing with The thing with the first two Hellraisers is that sex is so important. To, and how sex is handled in the first yeah, two yeah. films, where it feels very natural, but it's this also has very, absolutely nothing to do. Well, with every it. time sex is handled in the third and fourth film, it just feels like I don't know. It just feels like like edgy, like yes, fucking sex. Like how Clive Barker treats sex in like the first Hellraiser is almost like Cronenbergish, where it feels like very natural. Where it's like this is something that happens. It's like very much like sex is good, like you know, and it's very like sex is definitely a huge part of this film franchise and the story and everything like that. When sex happens in everything here, it feels like a teenager is writing the fucking yeah. script, right? Yeah. Um, so there's this terrifying dude named Adam Scott getting a blowjob <laughs> on a bed, right? <laughs> In, in Hellraiser 3, there's a sex scene in it where this guy is fucking this chick that's, like, handcuffed to a bed. And he's smoking a cigarette while he fucks her. <laughs> and with with the pillar that fucking Pinhead is locked in, like, in the room, kind of just, like, watching. Which I just imagine, like, Pinhead is like, yes. <laughs> and, but he's just his cigarette dangling out of his mouth, like, fuck yeah. And then, like, after Pinhead gets released, he pulls out a fucking desert eagle. <laughs> desert eagle. <laughs> Where I'm like, oh my god. Like, we are... I know what I'm in for the rest of this movie. Um, So, uh, me and you both have watched most of this franchise. Yeah. um, I bought a four-pack for this this episode. The Blu-ray four-pack. Hellraiser four-pack that comes with this. Five, six, and seven. So, this is the last... This is the farthest I've gotten in the series, right? Something I learned about the Hellraiser series is that after this, since Clive Barker left and they didn't know what to do with it, but the new Pinhead was so marketable. Also, this movie was a massive bomb. They didn't even they didn't even give a, have a showing for critics, but whenever it came out, it got reamed. Um, You're kidding. It got excessively negative reviews. Um, this was the last wide released 
Hellraiser film theatrically. Like they had like they would show some sequels at film festivals or but mostly just went right to DVD or sci-fi channel. I'm I, I'm sure. Um, they didn't know what to do with the Hellraiser. This is so fucking bad. They didn't know what to do with the Hellraiser series. So they would just have a script laying around. And they'd be like, we don't know what to do with this. Put Pinhead in it. They would just shoot the movie. And just oh put Pinhead God. in it. And I hear that the next movie in the in the film series um, is, is like, it's hard not to realize that's what happened. Because it seems from like the synopsis that it's like very much like a seven kind of ripoff. Where it's like, oh, this cop is going out and trying to figure out what kind of sex crimes or some type of sex murder out on the loose. But they just shove Pinhead into the movie from what I understand. That's pretty great. So I need to watch the rest of the film series. Of course, Doug Bradley played Pinhead for eight of the films. He was in a nine and ten. Um, and now the 11th movie in the franchise is being made, which is a reboot. Um, it's going to be a female Pinhead like the original story. Um, but Doug Bradley, I mean, you know, he got a career out of it. He was game enough to do it. Also got so good at uh, or was so used to makeup getting applied to him, uh, he was able to start just doing it himself. Wow. Yeah. So he would just apply the makeup himself after a while. So, Doug Bradley, you're a treasure. We love you. Oh, it's a dog. I thought it was a fucking deer for a second. Ran by the window. Oh. It just, like, shot by him. Like, what the fuck was that? Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Hellraiser Bloodline. It's not so much Pinhead in space, but it's not false advertising. He is in space. <laughs> It for is some part of it. But I don't even know if I could say like there are parts that are hilarious, but I don't know if they're funny enough to wait through that movie for them. I need to watch all the sequels just because I, I have this completionist part of my brain where I'm like, I need to. I've watched all of the Nightmare on Elm Streets. I've watched all the Friday Thirteenth, all the Halloweens, all the Child's Plays. But I've never finished all the Hellraiser films, you know. So I, I need to do it, you know. I need to. I need to see how bad this gets. And from my understanding, it's worse and worse and worse. But I think just knowing, just knowing the fact that studios are just like, we don't know what to do with this. Yeah, throw pinhead in there. Just make one of the characters pinhead. So I just imagine like one's like a police procedural, but the lead cop is just pinhead. <laughs> <laughs> but they don't even they don't even like bring any focus to it. They don't even like try to. They're just like no, it's no. This is uh, this is Detective McGuire. <laughs> it's like why does he look yeah, like he's that? He's that new kid at school. I don't know, but people have been bullying him a lot because of all the pins in his head. <laughs> he's like no, please. <laughs> That's my lunch, buddy. <laughs> no, not the toilet. <laughs> no, not a swirl. Yes. I will swirl you to hell. What, what, one of the biggest things we had to say about this movie uh, before we move on to the next topic. Is uh, Adam Scott is the most scary part of it. Baddest motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> no, is that it goes back to the Patton Oswalt joke. It's like you don't have to explain where things came from. You just like the things you like. Yeah. Sometimes whenever you explain origins it. of things, like who gives a fuck where the lament configuration came from? We don't need to know. We know what it does. That's fine. We know what it is. We don't. I don't give a fuck if a toy maker in the 1700s made it. Like, hey, <laughs> like the Pat Oswalt joke. You like Angelina Jolie? She give you a big boner. Well, here's a picture of John Voight's ball sack. Like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't fucking care where the things I like come from. I just like the things I like. I don't care. I don't give a fuck where Michael Myers came from. He's just the shape. It's okay. Like, it's fine. It's a puzzle box. We get it. Fuck this movie. 
Rock and Blaze say, don't check it out. Just listen to our hilarious commentary instead. Fair enough. <laughs> At least that's why I say. What do you say? I say the same. Okay. Ready for the next segment? Yep. All right. That brings us to another curation. <laughs> Places cabinet of video game curiosities. All right. You hear that, Guillermo? You hear that? It's Blaze time. Yeah. It's his cabinet of video game curiosity. So how would you get your own fucking title for this? here before you. Your cheap-ass show. I don't think you know, but we're going to sue you for royalties. Mm-hmm. We copyright this. Somewhere. Every cabinet. Every curiosity. Nobody can talk about either no, of No, no, no. There are no cabinets. There are <laughs> I, only... There are only bookcases and shelves. Ikea, you better watch your fucking ass. <laughs> you better start calling it something else, you Swedish fucks. Because we're we're in town. We're the cabinet boys. <laughs> All right, what we got? Well, uh, I know you had discussed that uh, you were talking to somebody who had asked if we played the second part of this game yet. And I, played, I did a review for the first part. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today we're going to be talking about the second part of Fierce to Fathom. The Norwood Hitchhike. Uh, it is developed by Rail and published by Rail. Mm-hmm. Um, you play as a girl who is uh, Holly Gardner. She's a 19-year-old on an interstate drive um, back from a gaming convention. And again, these stories are based off user-submitted stories, which are apparently quote-unquote true. So Aren't they all? Yeah. You should send in a story about you uh, on a, with a Ouija board in the middle of a park. In a SWAT team. <laughs> <a swat just, laughs> takes me out. <laughs> yes. So uh, you're on, uh, you're driving through and uh, you're getting these text messages and you got to just kind of keep the wheel straight while trying to read the text messages and then you have to go stop and get gas and all this shit. But eventually, this game thrilling. yeah. Well, eventually, this the dude at the gas station is like, "You're going down that way. You gotta be careful around that way. We have a lot of missing persons happen around this bridge, and you gotta be careful in Norwood area and blah blah blah." So of course, where do you break down? <laughs> Norwood. Norwood. And as you're walking around, you start hearing bizarre things and seeing bizarre things, until eventually you're like, "I have to hitchhike. I have to." get a ride out of here because this is like nowhere around here so uh little do we know there is a, a car that passes by and stops for you and that's kind of where the scary stuff starts happening because you have a very strange man who's now uh not only uh you know has you hostage but is taking you to a motel where other... I'm not going to go too far into it because it's only about an hour-long game. And there's a, some pretty interesting stuff that ends up happening. Cool. So, But it's really fun. has that kind of VHS look to it. Plays a lot like the first game. Uh, but I would say it's a little longer. Um, and I think this, the gameplay itself is more fleshed out. Nice. Cool. So, yeah, definitely check it out. Fears Fathom 2. Um that sounds interesting. If I was going to review or submit instead, uh, I would have been like, all right, so the story starts where I'm driving and I'm texting. Um, but since I'm texting while I'm driving, I'm not paying attention, so I hit a pedestrian on the side of the road. But I'm also drunk. And now I have to find 
a way to get rid of the body. Because I can't have them find out about it. I can get DUI and but all this. the body. Yeah. But the body... Oh, no, the body's just dead. It's a dead person. Oh, okay. It doesn't come back. It doesn't be trying to get rid of this body because I'm drunk. <laughs> and I hit them with my car because I was texting while driving. Um, and, I mean, that's scarier than a fucking ghost. What's that ghost going to do? Ghost going to throw me in jail, give me a DUI? No. But you know who will? Police. That's true. They'll also uh, attack you. And it ends me dying in the electric chair. So. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a story I would have uh, submitted. Yeah, so uh, it, it's a fun episode, too. There's uh, still what appears to be three more, two or three more spots left for new episodes to come in, so I'm pretty sure they're working on those. Turn your story in, man. Yeah, that's true. I could. <laughs> I could. I could be part of this. <laughs> I was playing with a Ouija board in the middle of the park. And then the SWAT team showed up, and they said, we don't believe on this shit, um, but we hate you. I'm like, okay. The pin had walked out. Yeah, locked me in a laundry room. <laughs> He's like, this isn't a park. This is the corporate. This is on corporate ground. <laughs> Get out. You... All right. That's all I got. All right. All right. Brings us to our next segment. Yep. Another entry. Another lesson of mythology. Biology. Yeah, you heard that Mortal Kombat music, so you know what that means. Yeah. It's time for mythology biology. Shut up. I work hard on that. <laughs> oh, sounds like it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So today we're going to be talking about something, and I, I have to admit, part of me just picked this one because it's so damn weird. Is it in space? It is not in space. It has nothing to do with anything. I just <laughs> saw it, and I was just like, wow, that's... Fucking weird. I want to choose that because right. I don't know where else I'm going to put it. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Uh, it is called a Niri Botaki. A, a Nori Nuri Botaki. We'll go with that. <laughs> okay. N U R I B O T O K E. All right. It is considered one of the uh, more bizarre ghosts and demons of Japanese folklore. Uh, the Nuribotaki, also known as the Coded Buddha. They're zombie-like creatures with very strange appearance and inky black skin sa uh, that sags, a catfish tail at the base of their spine, and eyes that dangle from their eye sockets. They also permit, uh, permeate an extremely strong, foul odor uh, whenever they're around within miles. The Niribotki crawl out of personal altars or shrines that have been left open after the sunsets. These altars, known as Butsudan, are supposed to be closed up at night because they are viewed as a type of portal or gateway to the spirit world. So when an altar is left open at night, it's an invitation for numerous wandering spirits, but the Noribotki are the primary suspects for coming through unclosed portals. Okay. Noribotki are relatively harmless, causing more disruption than actual harm. They terrorize families whose Butsudan they came from flying around the rooms, lashing their tails, and pulling impish tricks, such as pinching, tripping, pulling of hair, and uh, knocking over of individuals in their home. They can be repelled with salt, but it's better to close up the Butsudan at night and avoid any hassles that might arise. Noribaki return to their Butsudan before the sun rises, and they never come out during the day. 
The only other time they will come out if the Butsudan is neglected. Then the Nuribaku will come out at night if the altar doors are clo- even if the altar doors are closed, and will continue to do so until the state of the altar is put back in proper order. Okay. So it's a weird giant uh, black-skinned Buddha that has <laughs> sagging skin and dangly eyeballs and a catfish tail. And it just goes in. And, and it just pisses you off. <laughs> yeah, it just goes and uh, it's just very mischievous. Yeah, it's I, weird. I, for some reason, I look up, I forgot the towel, so I was looking it up. It, I mean, it kind of ties into Clyde Barker. It, for some reason, it sort of reminded me of the Yattering and Jack. Did you read that short story? No. Clyde Barker's short story, Yattering and Jack, where... Um, a yattering like a small demon right it, this impish is just going and trying to piss off this widow widower mm-hmm. uh and it kind of just reminded me of that story so it kind of has a little bit of a clive barker uh connection yeah kind of yeah and he's trying to like piss this guy off but it's not working and just like driving himself nuts he's like why the fuck why the fuck is this working because he wants to get promoted right to a higher level you demon. know what maybe i did read that that yeah. sounds really familiar now yeah they, they've done some adaptations of on like different shows and stuff yeah like yattering and jack um cool maybe that's all about that that's it awesome um all right well that is another episode of bladed apples uh next week we're gonna be putting up another poll mm-hmm um these will be the next two movies we're going to talk about. You're going to choose which one you want to hear first. Because last time it worked pretty well. We put this Hellraiser uh, 4 Bloodline against Angel Heart. Angel Heart, of course, got more votes. Uh, pretty close, though, between the two. So, you know, we did Angel Heart first, and then we did this episode. So we're going to do that again. We're going to give another try. Uh, you're throwing a movie in the hat, and I'm throwing a movie in the hat. Which one are you putting in? Tomb of the Blind Dead. Tomb of the Blind Dead. And I'm going to put in 1980s Alligator which is almost a satire of Jaws, starring Robert Forster, written by John Sells. Um, it's a fun one. It's one of the better, like, post-Jaws, like, after Jaws, you know, they have, hey, like, animal Nobody said films. you could start selling it. I'm trying. Listen. Keep the polls even. I'm going to watch a lot of Better Call Saul, so I'm going to pull a Jimmy McGill here. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, those would be the two. I don't even know what your movie's about, but t- trust me, guys, it's not as good as Alligators. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> you're a jerk. I know what your stupid shit is, but anyways, <laughs> what, what's your film about? You're throwing it. Team of the Blind Dead? Yeah, because I've never seen it. I feel like I'm going to say it, and you're just going to say, that's stupid. <laughs> no, no, I swear to God, I'm not going to. <laughs> uh, so it's about like this uh, pagan cult that was going on in Spain, and for some reason... Uh, this woman disturbs their graves and everything. Did we try to watch it one time and we didn't finish it? No, you're thinking Tomb uh, Tomb of Horror. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or, wait. Uh, horror Rises from the Tomb. That's yeah, Horror Rises from the Tomb. Yeah. That's what you're thinking. Yeah, we watched that. That yeah. is boring. And I didn't know what the fuck was happening in that yeah, film. Yeah, I mean, we watched the whole thing. It was just very boring. I, I remember zero of that film. <laughs> I don't remember any part of it, except it was badly dubbed. Yeah. Uh, but Tomb of the Blind Dead is about... Anything else? Pagan cult that comes back to life to make sacrifices. That sounds good. Go with that. If you want to listen to an alligator attack movie, choose that. We're going to be talking about both. But you choose what you want to hear about. I'm sorry, not pagan. Templar. Oh, Templars. Oh, well, in that case, it changes everything. Yeah, they're Templar ghosts. Who knows? We may just merge the two movies together into one movie and just make up our own film. Templar (laughs) Templar alligators. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that'll be the poll. Um, But also, you know, if we get a guest 
in between those episodes or something like that, something pops up where we feel like doing an interview episode, we may do that. But those will be the two movie episodes we're going to do next. Um, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, anything like that, you can reach us at bladedapplespod at gmail.com. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, or on the Instagram, bladedapplespodcast. Uh where we've been pretty active on it. We've been seeing growth in fans and stuff like that. So it's pretty cool. Uh, I've been posting more pictures on there recently. So we're trying to get back in the rhythm of things on there. Uh, but that's the best way to, to reach us. Yep. You know, have you seen all the Hellraiser films? Have you seen the Hellraiser films past four? Let us know. Let us know what your favorite one after four is. Cause I know they're all pretty fucking bad from what I understand, but I heard that the uh, editor, or one of the editors of Metal Hammer Magazine puts up a pretty strong argument for Hellraiser 5 actually being not that bad. So I need to watch it. Um, but if you have a favorite one, Pass 4, if you've seen any of them Pass 4, then tell us which one you like. Um, thanks to Stefan Mize for doing our art. Follow him at Stefan Mize on Instagram or at Crawling Panther Tattoo. This tattoo parlor works out in Ocala, Florida. Great guy. Loves horror. Amazing tattoo artist. One of the best I've ever seen or met. I mean, the guy is just a complete beast. Uh, thanks to Blaze being a great co-host and doing all the technical stuff and uh, make me watch awful fucking VHS tapes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this I made you watch an awful Blu-ray. <laughs> um, yeah. And uh, I think that's all. Anything to add? Nope. All right. See you later, fuckers. <laughs> And remember, every day is Halloween, so please act accordingly. Bye. Bye.